0: The Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Thank you for being here. It's the Paul Leslie Hour, and I'm very pleased to be presenting an interview with recording engineer Steve Genowick, and also a little bit about my recent attendance of a Bob Dylan concert. As you're going to hear in just a few minutes... There's a big connection between Steve Jennewick and Bob Dylan. But before we get into all that, I want to take a moment to salute a man who I admire very much, Dave Pusey. One of the best leaders I've ever encountered. You have my respect and admiration. And I just wanted to take a moment to wish Dave Pusey all the best. The interview that you're going to soon hear with Steve Jenowick was taped in 2017, a little over a year ago. It was broadcast on the radio, WOHM 96.3 FM in Charleston. It was done in part to talk about the Bob Dylan album, Triplicate. It's a three-disc set, all standard songs, classics from the American Songbook. Jennewick was the recording engineer on that album, as well as the previous two studio albums of Bob Dylan, Shadows in the Night, and Fallen Angels. All of those albums were of the classic songs. Very interesting. So a little bit about our guest, Steve Jenowick. He's the staff recording engineer at the famed Capitol Studios in Los Angeles, probably the most famous recording studio in the United States, as I mentioned he recorded the last three albums of Bob Dylan. He's also recorded albums by Paul McCartney, Diana Krall, Michael Bublé, Gladys Knight, many, many people. And in the interview, he talks a little bit about working with Bob Dylan, a little bit about Paul McCartney, and there's also some memories of the late Tommy LaPuma, a very legendary man in the recording industry. And I'll just tell you a little bit about my recent attendance of a Bob Dylan concert. It was quite a journey. I got there absolutely drenched to the bone, freezing cold, and it was very, very interesting. He would do one of his classic songs, like "Like A Rolling Stone or To Make You Feel My Love, and then he would follow that with a more modern song, like something from Tempest the last studio album he did of original songs. I believe that came out in 2012. But it was very interesting hearing songs written decades apart. And some of the modern songs got as great of a reaction as some of the classic songs. I wrote a full report about the Bob Dylan concert, which was my first time seeing him. You can visit thepaullesley.com and read it. I hope you enjoy. And on that note, Let's get into the interview with Steve Genowick. I think it's a very interesting interview, and I hope you enjoy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the man we're welcoming is a Grammy-nominated recording engineer. He's a staff engineer at Capitol Studios since 1994. Steve Genowick, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Just for all the listeners out there that may not be sure, Just tell us in layman's terms, what is a recording
1: engineer? My basic job is to to capture the performance of the artist in the room. So I like to say when you see a picture of the recording studio and all that equipment and all those buttons, I know what all that stuff does. (laughs) But my main job is just to to capture the performance um, and to, to get it recorded onto what originally was tape and now is mostly a computer in a digital format. But So as an engineer, that's my job is to capture the sound.
0: In the process of recording, you know, somebody who doesn't know, for example, myself, what all the knobs and buttons do, how much learning is involved to learn the processes and learn the functions of all of the equipment?
1: Um, The actual technical learning the equipment, it can be difficult. There's a lot of stuff in the room. But that's a very technical thing. So, it, you know, it's learning to use a computer or learning to, I mean, I guess it'd be equivalent to driving a car and learning what all the buttons in your car do, you know, but that's just kind of book knowledge is knowing how an EQ works or how a compressor works or how the console works. Um, the hardest part of the job is, is dealing with the people and knowing you know, sometimes we have to sit in a room with people for 15 or 16 hours a day. And that, that's, that's the most challenging part. Learning how a session runs, learning when to speak up, when not to speak up, that kind of stuff.
0: So you're saying the most challenging thing is the, the dealing with other people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's not always a challenge, but that's the part that, that they can't teach you at school or they can't teach you in a book. That's the stuff you learn from experience.
0: So tell us, what would be a typical challenge that maybe you would face? Like today, this happened with, we. you don't have to name the name of the artist, <laughs> but, but something that may come up when you're at Capitol Studios.
1: Uh, you know, it could be any range of things. It could be a technical issue. Uh, if we have, you know, something break down on a session, it's my job to, to get it fixed or patch around it to keep the session flowing so that the artist and the producer doesn't have to worry about any of the technical aspects of it. So, so a technical problem is at least it's a a kind of a, um, a black and white thing. It's, it's cut and dry as to what we have to do to fix it and get the session moving. A more difficult, intangible kind of thing is, you know, sometimes people have a bad day if they have a bit of a cold and they're not singing well and it's frustrating to them or, you know, maybe they had a fight with their wife before they came in. Who knows? It's, you know, a bad mood is a bad mood. and, And if, People are trying to perform. Sometimes that can be tough. Could be that the the parking guy pissed them off on the way in. Now they're upset and we have to then figure out a way to turn the mood around to get a good performance out of them.
0: How did you get involved in studio recording?
1: When I was in high school, I had friends that were in bands and stuff and I liked hanging out and and doing that and realized I was never going to be the musician in the band and I didn't really want to push road cases around and be a roadie. And I saw kind of the sound guy at the console and thought, wow, that looks interesting, and started looking into it. And this is in the late 80s. And then I did go to school for a minute in one of the very early recording programs. But a month or two into that, a friend of mine at the school had been working at a studio, and he actually got fired. And I just went down and got the job that he had. And I started working in a studio, started as a night runner, you know, getting food and cleaning up and that kind of stuff, and just absorbing all I could, and it, it went on from there.
0: We're speaking with Steve Genewick. He's been a staff engineer at Capitol Studios since 1994. What is Capitol Studios like as a workplace?
1: Oh, it's the greatest studio in the world. It's, it's, it's probably this, maybe the second most famous studio in the world, after Abbey Road, which is our sister studio. But it's fantastic. I mean, I love working there. It's obviously, I've been there so long now, but we have great clients. We do all kinds of different kinds of sessions, records, you know, rock albums, jazz records, you know, not a lot of classical, but some. We do a lot of movie scoring. We do live performance stuff. So it's, it's really fun to get to work on a wide range of, of different kinds of projects. And in the 20 some years I've been there, I've, Worked with just about everybody I ever wanted to. Most of my heroes have come through the door, which is always fun.
0: So in this wide range of types of recordings that you make, across the board, what would you say makes for a quality recording?
1: If you're talking about the technical recording, it's the musicians in the room, you know, how well they play, how, how good their instruments sound, and then the equipment we have. The high quality equipment from an artistic point of view, it's all about the song and the performance. You know, if it's a bad song, it's a bad song. There's nothing I can do to make it sound good. Sometimes I can get a really good recording of a bad song, but still a bad song.
0: (laughs) (laughs) On the other side, speaking of great songs, this is the third release from Bob Dylan where he's interpreting these old songs and they're great songs. You mentioned that you've met pretty much everybody and have gotten to work with pretty much everybody that you could possibly dream of. How did you meet Bob Dylan? Tell us about (laughs) the circumstances of that.
1: I work with an engineer, a very famous engineer named Al Schmidt. And Bob's manager had contacted Al and said, Bob wants to make this record. He wants to do kind of standards. And would you do it? And Al jumped at the chance. So naturally I was immediately involved in that. Al came in one day and said, hey, we're going to do a record with Bob Dylan. I said, Wow, that sounds great. Okay. Um, we kind of went over the parameters of how Bob wanted to do it. He was very specific about it. he wanted to do it all live, everybody in the same room, no overdubs. So just performance. We didn't even, they didn't even use headphones. So, you know, Al and I went through our normal process. We found out what the instrumentation was going to be and, and we, uh, got our setup together and put all our ducks in a row technically and first day came and and actually the first day was supposed to be a it was supposed to be a setup day the band was going to show up and we were just going to kind of get them seated and situated and get all our mics set up and, and kind of get everything checked out for Bob to come in the next day and start recording and lo and behold Bob showed up on the setup day so I think we were recording within about an hour which was fun. He doesn't mess around. He just kind of wants to go. So he just comes in and says hi, and we start recording.
0: And this is Bob Dylan's third album of classic American songs, Standards from the American Songbook. If you could speculate, what
1: do you suppose it is that is inspiring him to go this direction? (sighs) You know, it's all speculation. Didn't really talk about it. But I think he's, he's just he's probably always been a fan of the songs would be my guess and I think just exploring the songs themselves and the structure of them and how they were written and and all that kind of stuff I think it just piqued an interest in him and he wanted to do it you know it, it's it's hard to say Bob's a very private guy, so you know we didn't get into too much of the backstory about why we were doing it, but it was fun to do. So you found him to be kind of distant in a way. I wouldn't say distant. I would say private. I mean, once, once he gets to know you and, and you're in the room, he's, he's a very nice guy. He's very funny. He talks. There's, you know, it's not like he sits in a corner and does nothing. He, he's just a regular guy. I think he just doesn't like all his entire life being led in the public eye.
0: Yeah. Well, are there particular tracks from this recent one, Triplicate, that to you stood out?
1: Mmm, let I me mean, look, I actually have a copy of it right here. On CD1, That Old Feeling, I always liked that one. Uh, These Foolish Things was great. You know, the, the, all, all the songs, are they're such great songs, it's hard to pick just one or or two. I wouldn't say anything stands out as far as, like, something that happened in the studio or anything like that, but... They're all just such great songs. It's, it's hard to pick one.
0: How long did it take to record these songs? It's, it's quite a lot of songs, 30 in all.
1: Yeah, I think we were in for about five weeks total. Um, maybe, maybe three weeks recording and a couple weeks of mixing. Maybe four weeks recording and a couple weeks mixing. And a lot of the mixes actually were, we ended up not using the mixes. We ended up using Al's live mixes from the session.
0: You know, the, the number of artists, if anyone wants to go on your website, Stevegenowick.com, very iconic artists that you've worked with. Bob Dylan, as we've been talking about, also Paul McCartney. There's just so many. The late Al Giro. Is it intimidating at all when you work with these artistic giants?
1: I think I've been doing it so long now with so many kind of big artists that, I very rarely get starstruck anymore i mean the first time paul mccartney walks in the room and you know says hi i'm paul that's a little intimidating you know anytime there's a, a beetle around we like to say it's it's a little everybody's a little more on edge yeah when you meet these people it, it's great and there's that that first moment of oh my god there he is that's the guy and then usually they make you feel very at home. You know, with Paul, he walks up. He says, hi, I'm Paul. Thanks for being here. You know, this is going to be great. And within a couple minutes, we're just working. Once we get down to it, they have a job to do. I have a job to do. Everybody's there to to get a record made. So we just kind of get to it. So, you know, I don't know that I get intimidated by anybody, but it's pretty cool. Once in a while, you know, you push the mic up and Paul McCartney's voice comes out of the speaker and he's standing on the other side of the glass thing and it's it's pretty cool.
0: Would you say that's one of the more rewarding things about your job or those moments like that?
1: Oh, absolutely. That's what it's for. When, you know, somebody counts it off and suddenly you hear the magic happening and you know that that's going to be the great take, you know, there's nothing like that makes the hairs on your arm stand up. If
0: you look at the albums you've worked you've worked on, there are so many of them that are Artists that are interpreting the American Songbook. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that that is? Is it because of Capitol Studios?
1: Yes, definitely. Well, that's where it started with me. You know, it's kind of that's where a lot of those songs are made famous with the Sinatras and you know Sinatra did a lot of his stuff there, and Dean Martin and all those kind of artists. So, you know, the studios are set up to do that. We do a lot of big band sessions, a lot of you know, great American Songbook type records. And then also I started working with Al, Al Schmidt, and and he's kind of the master at that stuff, so we just kind of fell into it. But yeah, I've done a lot of those kind of standards albums. And I love them. This you know, they're the greatest songs in the world. The greatest songs that have ever been written. So they're really fun to work on.
0: We're talking with recording engineer Steve Jenowick. Al Schmidt, who you work with, was a guest on this show. Very nice guy. And very he was very easy like yourself to talk to.
1: What would you say Al Schmidt has taught you? Wow, he's taught me just about everything. <laughs> um, from a technical side, he taught me a different way of recording than I had kind of started off with. He does not use a lot of a lot of the equipment in the room. Um, we, he uses great microphones and really good mic preamps, but we very rarely use EQ and compression. Um, it's a very natural way to record, which is a it's a it's a real art and it's kind of a dying art and I'm glad I was able to to learn it from him, but also just his mannerism in the studio, you know, like you said, he's a great guy, and people are comfortable around him and and you know i've I've learned how to handle myself in the studio. He's been a fantastic mentor to me and and a great friend you know we've been around the world doing projects together and and we've had a lot of fun doing it. we're still doing it. start another record on monday, so <laughs> You know, we're busy, which is nice. Can you tell us what the record is on Monday or is that top
0: secret? No, I don't know if I want to get into that. Just, you know. <laughs> okay. It's a big artist, though. Okay, cool. There was another person who was a guest on the show that was very, very interesting, who you have a credit on his last studio album, That Face, Frank Sinatra Jr. Mm-hmm. What are your memories from making that album?
1: You know, we had a lot of fun on that record. We had done a couple of records with Frank Jr. He was an interesting guy. You know, again, he kind of had a a bad rap in the public, but I never saw anything like that. I always thought he was, I mean, he had a very kind of dry sense of humor, but he was a fantastic guy, told great stories, you know, was really into it for the music. And, you know, he's kind of the first guy in, last guy out, willing to do the work. Uh, we had a great time with him. It was it was really fun, you know. Unfortunately, it ended up being his last record, but you know he'll be missed. He was a fun, he was a fun guy to hang around with.
0: Are there times? I'm sure there are when you're in public, you're in a restaurant or something, and you hear over the sound system something that you worked on, something that you were a part of creating and bringing out there in the world. What is that like for you?
1: That's uh, a pretty cool feeling. You know, what happens more times than not is I'll hear something and not kind of right in your go like, man, that's, how come that sounds so familiar to me? If it's not a big record or if it's something I just did a little bit of work on, that's actually more fun going, how come I know all the words to this song? Oh yeah, I forgot I did work on this song. I did all the strings on this song or whatever it is. But yeah, it, you know, it, it's always, it's always fun to hear the stuff you did on the radio or, you know, sitting in a restaurant, stuff like that. You know, we get it a lot with Diana Crawls records because, you know, her records are played all over the place. So I'll be walking through somewhere and hear Diana start singing and just brings a smile to my face. You know, something to be proud of.
0: I have a smile on my face because you you can't see it. But in my hands, I've got a little cheat sheet about some of the points I want to touch on. And next on the list, I have an asterisk
1: and Diana
0: Crawl. <laughs> what is Diana Krall
1: like? She's the best. She's, she's probably my favorite artist to work with. We, you know, I've been working with her for almost twenty years now. You know, she's she's such a talented singer and piano. She's probably my favorite piano player in the world. And she's just she's just such a sweetheart. You know, she's become a pretty good friend. You know, we talk, we text. Today, actually, today the new record comes out. The one we just finished, which is a fantastic record. We're really all of us are really proud of that. And. Again, she's, she's just the best. I love her to death.
0: And the producer of that album, the recent album from Diana Krall, Tommy Lupuma. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it was a great loss to music. We lost him. The recordings are, are still with us and always will. What are your memories of him?
1: Uh, I worked with Tommy on so many records. You know, Tommy and Al have been a team since the late sixties. So pretty much everything that Tommy produced in the last 20 years, I had some kind of hand in, in helping out, you know, usually as Al's assistant. There were some records where, where I was the engineer. It was great. It's, you know, again, it, it's working with all these people, you know, people like Al and, and Tommy and Phil Ramone. And, you know, they're the best at what they do. And it's been really great for me to learn from these, these people you know, learn my job and my craft, which is great. But also they're just the greatest people in the world. You know, Tommy and I spent days sitting in rooms editing vocals and, you know, editing songs and mixing and that kind of stuff. So, you know, he was a great hang. He he was, you know, he was so smart, knew, you know, he was a big art collector, so we could talk about art, we could talk about food. He was a big wine wine guy. You know, it wasn't all about music, but and you know, just fun. I you know, you look when Tommy passed a month or two ago there was a lot of stuff on facebook and whatnot and i went back looking through some pictures and stuff and and the thing i noticed is that in almost every single picture everybody mm. was laughing or smiling we were always having a good time so and that was that was part of his thing is to to make everybody comfortable and and you know even though sometimes making a record can be a lot of work it still should be fun um so yeah it was it was a great loss he's he's gonna be missed
0: In any kind of work, no matter what it is, if you can enjoy the company of the people you're with, it just makes such a huge difference. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Al's line is, you know, we lie to our wives every day when we say we're going to work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. When you ask songwriters, what is your favorite song? you It's almost impossible to get an answer because they always say, they're like my children. Same Mm -hmm. thing with actors. Same thing with authors about their books. So I'm going to ask it in kind of a different way. If you had to choose one of the recordings that you've worked on to represent your work, to represent what you do,
1: which one would it be? <laughs> wow. Ah, that's almost an impossible question, I think. It's interesting because when I, when I think about the records that we've done, a lot of times I'm, my my first impression of it is not necessarily the music but I'm thinking about the actual process of doing it and and, and you know how much fun we had or what happened or was it difficult or was it easy so that it's a, it's a really tough question <laughs> that and because I do so many different kinds of things it would be hard you know it's hard to compare a, a Diana Krall record to a Toto album you know it, it's even though the process is is somewhat similar, it's it's hard to compare them. For which one do you like better, kind of stuff? I would say the records with Diana are probably my favorite. You know, the stuff with with Dylan was so much fun to do and and so different. And you know, that would be a highlight. Obviously, getting to spend time with Paul McCartney. You know, I got to spend a lot of time with him on the two projects that we did. So again, for me, it's more about what happened while we were making the record as opposed to the actual music that you hear on it. Music is always good when you're talking about artists like that.
0: Again, you've just recorded with just the absolute legends in music from Bob Dylan, Tony Bennett, Barry Manilow, Paul McCartney, Gladys Knight, Peggy Lee. I mean, we could just go on and on. Jackson Brown. Is there anyone, I'm sure there are, but let's just hear it from you,
1: you're still dying to work with you know i have, i always want to work with van morrison he's been on my list other than that you know i've pretty much hit the highlights on the list i think of people that are still around you know there's 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 some people i wish i had worked with i wish i didn't get to do the last sinatra record al did that but they did that the year before i started working at Capitol. so i would have loved to work with sinatra but I missed out on that. <sighs> Other than that, you know, I mean, there's always great artists coming along that, that you'd love to work with. But of the kind of iconic people, you know, the one I always say is Van Morrison. I don't, you know, I've just always been a big fan of his. Everybody else has kind of come through already. You know, we like to say if you hang out at a Capitol long enough, everybody shows up. <laughs> what is your favorite sound? My favorite sound? Yeah. Like musically or just in general? In the whole wide world. I love the sound of babies laughing. Oh,
0: there's
1: <laughs> nothing like it. That gut-busting laugh that a little baby can make. that That's my favorite sound. What is the best thing about being Steve Ah, uh, The best thing? Yeah. You know, life is pretty good. <laughs> I have a job I really like. I get to work with great people. I have a great family at home. I have three kids and a great wife, and I get to come home and, and hang out with them. You know, I live in a great Part of the country. It's sunny most of the time. And, you know, I gotta say, I don't have a lot of complaints. You know, you always want more. I always want more work and more work, more money, that kind of stuff. But, but I, I gotta say, I'm not, I don't have a lot to complain about. I'm gonna
0: kind of leave it up to you. The last question, keep it very open ended. There's all different types of people listening in from people who are just strictly fans of music to people who are into recording all different types what would you say in closing to anyone who's tuned in
1: you know for us it's all about the music i grew up as a music fan i think everybody i work with is a music fan even these artists you know you talk to to guys like mccartney or you know Elton John's the first one to go out. You know, every Friday when the new records come out, he wants them all. He wants to listen to them. Be a fan of the music. It's such a powerful thing. It can, it's emotional. That's what we're trying to convey when we make a record is is that emotion. But, you know, a song can bring you back to your grade school days or your high school days. It can remind you of, you know, your first girlfriend or your last girlfriend or the day you got married or the day your kid was born. It's a pretty powerful thing what music can do. So be a fan. and um, you know, there's a lot of great music out there, even if it's stuff you don't think you'll like, maybe you will.
0: Anyone out there, if they want to find out more, I would invite them to visit the website. It's stevegenowick.com. G E N E W I C K stevegenowick.com. Thank you very much for giving us this insight
1: into what you do. No, thank you. It's my pleasure. You bring a lot of smiles into the world. (laughs) Good. That's the the idea. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Have a good one. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the Paul Leslie Hour. If you enjoy these interviews, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the podcast. You can help us by listening on the free radio public app. The show can also be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, or Overcast. For more information, visit thepaulleslie.com or follow on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, all at The Paul Leslie. The Paul Leslie Hour theme song is performed and composed by Jeff Pike. Outro music is performed and composed by John Goodwin. See you next time on The Paul Leslie Hour.